0: A super warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing on this very fine, hopefully fine Monday morning or afternoon, the following day, whenever you're listening to this? So, I'm just going to jump straight into this episode today because it's an interview and it's such a good one. Now, I say this all the time, but I do genuinely mean that. But this one was so cool because basically, this week I'm interviewing a very lovely guy called Steve Dotto. Now, Steve, if you're in the social media space, you will probably know from Social Media Marketing World. He speaks a lot. He's very well known in this space. But Steve and I were both meant to be speaking at this year's Atomicon, which was an in-person event happening in Newcastle. And of course, as we all know, all in-person events have been cancelled for the time being or were at the point of recording this. So Steve and I weren't meeting in person, which was a real shame. We have met before, actually, very briefly. But we ended up doing, or will end up doing, the event online. So we're still doing the event for Con, which I'm very much looking forward to, but it's not going to be an in-person event anyway. So I wanted Steve on the podcast because, like I said, I've seen him around for a bit. I know he's very good. And Steve creates a crazy amount of content And I'm really conscious that actually there are lots of people out there at the moment who maybe are using their time at home or have used their time at home to focus on creating content for their business. Now, granted, you might be doing this now because of the situation, but this is actually an ongoing, you should always be doing this thing. So I thought Steve would be brilliant. The other thing that I need to tell you about this interview was I was doing it quite late in the day, as I often do on interviews in the States, and I was tired. It's really, you know, during this time I felt very, very tired and I got on this podcast and I just loved it. I genuinely laughed my head off at some of the things that Steve said and just even thinking about the interview really makes me smile. He is such a nice guy and I love this bit about the podcast. I love the fact that I get to meet and speak to people who are not only smart and tell me things that make me think, which he did, and things that I don't know, but also, like, just genuinely are nice people and I really enjoy having a conversation with them. So I'm really hoping you're going to enjoy this one because he is a super smart guy. So before we jump into the interview, let me tell you a little bit about Steve. So Steve would describe himself as a tech geek and is the business owner of Dotto Tech, But Steve actually started his career, and he'll tell you about this in the interview, back in TV. And I think you can see it when you watch some of his YouTube videos, he's a very good presenter, a very good storyteller. But basically what Steve does is he creates videos on how to use tech. So the chances are, you might have seen one of Steve's videos when you were looking at how to use Zoom or Evernote or some other tech system that you're trying to use. So he also has a podcast, he has a, his uh, YouTube channel, which has loads and loads of subscribers. In fact, let me just check. Currently, he has 272,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Steve has also bought out a fairly new podcast called Grey Matters. And this is a podcast that's aimed at what he calls the Grey Zone which are mainly Baby Boomers and Gen X. And his aim is to teach them how to use the digital world, social media, online communities, because this maybe isn't something that they're entirely used to. So honestly, Steve is just such a nice guy and has an awful lot to teach us about content creation as he puts out two videos a week on YouTube and has his weekly podcast. So Honestly, my hat goes off to him because that is a lot of content to create. Anyway, I am going to leave it there. I'm going to hand us straight over to the interview. I really hope you enjoy it. Please do come and say hi to Steve and I and let us know that you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to hearing what you think. Okay, I am very excited today to welcome the very lovely Steve to the podcast. Steve, how are you doing?
1: I'm just great. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. So, for those of my audience that don't know you, first off, you need to check Steve out because I was just looking at his YouTube prior to this as a quick reminder, and it blows my mind the amount of content you've got on there. But do me a favor, just introduce yourself, Steve, and let my audience know who you are and how you got to do what you're doing now.
1: Uh, Well, Steve Dotto, the Dotto Tech is our channel. And uh, my YouTube channel is really an outgrowth of my previous career. We started doing YouTube about 10 years ago or so. But before that, I had a nationally syndicated TV show and radio show in Canada on how to use technology. So I had a background in teaching technology, et cetera, and, 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 and in media. The, you know, we were on the air for nearly 15 years, or actually more than 15 years, uh, with the television show. So when we stopped doing that and started moving over to YouTube, I already had a pretty good uh, facility to create video I, I i was good at doing demonstrations and showcasing products so youtube came very very naturally to me so the, the the result that you see a lot of content is just because i'm used to creating a lot of content and i got good at it i had i had nearly 20 years of training before anybody else was doing anything on youtube yeah. and doing videos that would be perfect for youtube so that's why we do so much and we create much content yeah
0: and what have you always been into tech? Was it a particular type of yeah. tech or was it always this type of tech?
1: <clears throat> well, that's going way back. But in the nineties, I, I, I used to talk about the technical impact or the, the, the social impact that technology had on us. And my TV show was always just trying to teach people how to embrace technology in their lives. Uh, I think it was just opportunity. It was, it wasn't that I was into tech. I don't actually love tech all that much. Uh, but I was a good my kind of you know they talk about your superpower or whatever it 's yeah. explaining things it 's taking difficult concepts and making them easy to understand and i I needed a job, and these new computer things were all over the place they were going into schools and offices, and people didn 't know how to use them and i could i didn 't think it was that difficult I could explain it, so we yeah. just kind of one thing led to the other and i and I kind of found a career as opposed to uh, planning it out and uh, and i I enjoyed working in television I enjoyed the the theater and the, the, I enjoy the teamwork and the camaraderie. So I did, that was great. That's the thing I miss most about now doing YouTube as a, that I miss from when I did television was, is I miss my crew. I miss, uh, you know, I, everybody that I, all all these individuals I used to work with have been replaced by USB ports. I really miss them. (laughs) (laughs) I find it a little bit of a lonely experience actually. Uh, But it's for me though, it's just, it it would just, it's just blew my mind when I started doing YouTube, how, All of a sudden, I could create video for the people that were watching. You know, when you do it television, you're creating video for the advertising agencies and for the network executives and for everybody except the people who are watching. But all of a sudden, with YouTube, you can create for the people who are watching, and you aren't, and you don't have these gatekeepers standing in front of you, these you know program managers saying, you know, well, we're going to move you from Saturday to Sunday, and disenfranchise you from your audience. All you know, this, this we we've now got this platform that we can. Build our own audience based on our own values. You know, people what people value, not the fact that we've managed to go get, you know, Microsoft or Apple to give us X number of dollars so that we would showcase our product on television. Yeah, yeah. not what we can do. What we really want and what we really what really moves us and what really we find value in. Um, and uh, so that's to me, it was to me, it's a it's 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 a very exciting space to be working in.
0: Yeah, it, it is. But it's interesting. A few things you said there that. One, great that you get to control the content you do and the stuff that you you look at and you talk about. Yeah. But the fact that it it is a really lonely experience, it, you know, and, and I think sometimes people look at the amount of content you put out and because they're on the receiving end of it, the same with a podcast, you know, when, when you're listening to this and it's in your ears and it feels very personable, but when you're mm-hmm. sat recording it on your own, it's a very different experience. And that in itself, Steve, doing that with a skill as a skill to actually get that across is massive because that is a skill to make it feel like you're not in a room on your own talking to yourself.
1: People, I don't think people recognize, uh, content creators do recognize it, but when you're starting in and you're just getting into content creation, you don't recognize what a vacuum and what, a, what an energy suck the empty space is. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're giving a presentation in a room, you get energy back from individuals. When you're yeah. teaching somebody in a classroom, you get energy back from the room that you're in. When you're recording a video or recording a podcast, the, it's not as bad when you're doing an interview like this, but when you're doing it, when you're doing a, 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 a solo
0: yeah.
1: podcast or, your, or a solo video, you're not getting anything back. So you're just pouring energy in and it's just dissipating. And yeah. so, knowing it, I'm always—I don't know about you, but when I view my content after it's been edited or listen to it, I always go, "Oh, that's way better than I thought it was." Yeah, because <laughs> because at, at the moment, because you, you just you're not getting any you're not getting any back pressure on the energy you're putting in. Yeah, and so consequently, I always I always come out of even now. I've been doing this for longer than well, certainly, I've been you know recording screencasts and doing product demos since the early 90s yeah and but back in the day i would do it in a studio and i'd have cameramen and producers and get feedback and so i always knew if it was good or not and i had people telling me but once i started doing it on my own i still end up recording a video stopping the video going should i do that again yeah i just i just have to it's it's laziness (laughs) causes me off and just say no. I'm gonna. I, I don't do my editing myself anymore. I do a rough cut. where I, I cut it for time and then I send it actually to just near you, Liz Azian, who's in London. She's okay. uh, she does all of our editing, and so Liz uh, Liz would, will will do it. But I'm always surprised when it comes back. I go, Wow, Liz, you're a miracle worker. I sounded intelligent because <laughs> I didn't feel like that <laughs> intelligent when I actually created the content.
0: That's so funny, and you're right because the one question I ask my editor all the time who edits the podcast is if it's a solo one and I've done it and I've sent it, I always go, you sure that was all right? Because I've always yeah, yeah, do, yeah, as to whether it was any good or not. Because you just go ahead and do it. And what's also interesting about your world is that you have content creation is not new for you. You have been a content creator for a long time. Whereas because my background's marketing, content creation for me is a fairly new concept really in the last few years anyway and and lots of businesses are still i think not fully aware of the benefit of creating content do you think
1: see you're you're you are uh, probably you have the classic issue marketers think that you have to give a message content creators realize you have to have a conversation yeah And so, so, you know, being on brand, being on point, you hear all those things that are so important. And when you're in a, when you're in a marketing space, I I understand the importance of it, but you know, the the world is changing. How we do things is changing. What it takes for success is changing. And uh, the audience is getting far more sophisticated and far more demanding. And you talked about something right off the top of our talk today. You talked about when you're listening to it, I think you said it was a very personal experience. Mm. Yeah. listening to podcasts, the term that I prefer to use is intimate. Yeah. Is people want intimacy. They want a relationship with their content creators, with the people who they're viewing. Because we don't recognize. We, we, we come and we think we're doing television to a certain extent when we do a video or something, but we're not. So when you're doing television, there's a distance. And there's no chance for you to have an interaction with the person yeah. that you're watching on television. And you typically do it sitting in a room and with, with family members or something, but there's this distance between you. The video that we do today increasingly is being consumed on a smartphone, mm. uh, or at very least on a desktop computer, where it's like arms like that can reach out and touch you right now. And if if you're viewing somebody on a phone, you're cradling them in your hands. Yeah. yeah. How much more
0: intimate? People
1: people are listening to our podcast in the bathroom right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how much more intimate do we have to be, really? At this point wash here, your hands. Wash we're your hands. Much, I will, yes, indeed. <laughs> but at this point here, we're pretty much besties, are we not? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I mean, because and and but people desire that that additional connection, so they aren't looking for the message; they're looking for the relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. And, I think lots of people don't get that, do they? And they think no. when they're creating content, I'm, it's taken me a good few years to to start to see the benefit of the relationship because. When you're creating content, you're thinking, right, where's the where's the learning? Where's the value? Where's the message? Where's the sales? But actually, the stuff that has gone the absolute best for me. So uh, when we hit episode 100 of the podcast, I had my husband on and we did an interview. My husband and I, someone came in and interviewed us mm-hmm. and to celebrate it and to sort of carry on the excitement of it. He, we did a live together and we did this live from my office where you see me now. And we both sat on a Friday night with a gin because that's our choice of drink. And we did live with gin with Teresa and Paul and people loved it. And Mm. there was no particular value for them. There was no particular kind of trying to get a particular message. I wasn't selling anything. I wasn't promoting anything. We literally just went on and we chatted and we answered questions and we had a bit of fun and they loved
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. People want a relationship. They want, they want a little bit of access. That's why uh, you know, I set up my office when I set up this new office that so I set up the set, which obviously people on the podcast can't see. But I I used to do everything on a green screen. And people were always saying, Oh, your stuff looks so great, because I would green screen all my demos over top. And there was a certain sterile aspect to it. My personality came through, of course, but now. With the background, what's happened is my dog has become the star of half of my videos and my lives and my I webinars because Farley is a jackass and he's always doing something <laughs> in the background, like he's grooming himself in the most inappropriate ways or knocking <laughs> things over, but people want that. And, and, even, yeah. and so we don't let it get in the way of the message, but it does enhance the message because they know it's coming from a real place. They know it's coming. Yeah. It, it, it's not polished. It's not. Pre- it is prepared, but it's not polished, and it's yeah. not. It's not sanitized. Yeah. Before people get access to it, if I do a video on the YouTube channel, frankly, and everything goes too smooth, I I, I I'll throw something in that to to, to just to break it up. Yeah. You know, it's always good if there's a little if there's a little a little hiccup in the in in in, the, in it's that's a powerful lesson to people just starting out is if you're comfortable enough in your own skin that you can stumble and not worry about it, that you can say something wrong and correct yourself. Yeah. Um, people, uh, so many of our peers who are starting out in content creation think they have to put every word perfect yeah. and that they have, to, they have to be seen as this polished professional presenter. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants, if, if, if they're gonna follow me, they don't want a polished pers- perfect presenter. They want Steve's humor, they want Steve's energy, they want Steve's knowledge and insight. Mm. They appreciate that. But they want Steve. They want me. And part of me is I say things wrong occasionally. And I but here's the one of the most important lessons I think that people that are starting out in content creation can learn from is your is your audience doesn't judge you. Mm. They want you to succeed. So when we are recording this podcast, if you say something wrong or pronounce it wrong or I do, or we stumble a little bit or go down a little wrong path. If we get embarrassed by it, they're embarrassed by it. Yeah, They're empathetic rather than judgmental. If it doesn't bother me and I say something stupid or something wrong, and it obviously doesn't bother me and I laugh it off, and you can tell erstwhile yeah. that I, it hasn't bothered me, it doesn't bother anybody that's watching.
0: And at the end of the day, we're humans. And yeah. I don't know about you, but do you think, I think I got better on camera and got better on the podcast and everything. When I was doing more speaking on stage, cause I started mm-hmm. to realize on stage, you can't edit yourself. You can't go, Oh, can we just start that again? Cause I messed up there. You yeah. have to just keep going whether you like it or not. And I, I had to do a video for someone. They wanted me to go and speak. I couldn't be there in person. So they said, Oh, can you record some videos? And I thought, I don't want to, because I can't make them perfect. So what I did is I stood up in my office, I hit record on my screen. And I just did it as if I was on stage. And do you know what? It was, and it was easy because it was like, like you said, if I messed up, I corrected myself because that's what I would do on stage. So do you think they have to just get used to that? Or do you think it's kind of just something that you need to tell someone, just be cool?
1: I think it's a journey that they're on. They have to, we, we tell them it, but they don't believe it. And 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 we they all are super sensitive looking at themselves on camera. So you have to build up a, a certain set of calluses. To it and, and And yeah, sometimes you are going to get jackasses or're going to say something yeah. negative towards you and, and all that sort of stuff, and the so, yeah, time things aren't going to work out perfectly, but you just have to kind of keep doing it and the one thing I hammer in over and over again, uh, which I think lands for a lot of people, is l- giving yourself the same grace as you give others yeah, you know if you would never judge if you wouldn't judge me for it, why do you judge yourself for it and that that's. It takes a long time for I think people to get comfortable with that lesson because we are all insecure and we all suffer from imposter syndrome to a v- one degree. And I actually I think it's probably terminal. We all have terminal imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's and the and the few people that don't are absolute dicks yeah <laughs> you know if you don't if you don't think about it no yeah yeah like if it, really you don't have imposter syndrome you are a jerk yeah. <laughs> you should have imposter syndrome yeah because we all do it <laughs> is it is a universal thing and if you don't have it that means that you are overconfident and that's worse
0: so Steve before we get into because I want to talk to you about like Obviously, why you need to do video and and how the different platforms are different stuff. But one thing I want to ask you, and I think this is from a very personal point of view, is: Do you ever get tired of creating that much content? Because if yeah. you go look at, at Steve's stuff, you have done a video in the last, or a video went live in the last few hours, a video went live like a day or two ago, a video went live a few days before that, like because this, this is exhausting for anybody who doesn't do. A podcast or a video or something consistently, it is it is tiring. It's hard work.
1: Yes, I do. Uh, here's when I in, and it's when I don't follow my rules. Okay. I think the most important thing, and, and 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 to be honest, I have a team that helps me. This a very small team, mm. but in some ways, the team is also part of the problem. And here's here's what I mean. I believe that. I, I'm a big disciple of Marcus Sheridan and his book, They Ask, You Answer.
0: I've got him and coming on scene. I'm excited.
1: Are you got Marcus on? Well, you tell him Steve Dotto, shout it out to him. I will, you know. I will. So, But at any rate, I, he, he, his book gave me my online career. Because when I transitioned from doing television, um, I didn't think that the audience was something that I could talk to. And in reading Marcus's book, I had, I had, he gave me the, the, the ethos that I've built my business on, which is the conversation. I mentioned that earlier And YouTube comments, which is a terrible place for many people because people are just jerks in it. But for me, it's a boon. And if I'm paying attention to what people are asking for in comments, if I'm in comments after every video and reading what people want, and then they're saying, please do this, please do that. And guess what? So I do it because they yeah. want it. They put me in the right direction, and they and they inspire me to create the content. And I want, you want to create content for an appreciative audience. Mm. So when I do that, it works. Now when I when we fall off the rails is when we plan too far in advance. But my team wants to plan in advance because they want to be able to have all the social assets in place yeah, yeah, and all yeah. of that stuff. They don't want me to. They don't say. They say, "Well, Steve, you said we were going to do a video on this next week, and now you're doing this video. We're not ready, you know, yeah, because yeah. I'll just I'll sit there and I'll go." Oh, uh, that's a great idea! I'm doing it right now. Boom, yeah. and I'm into it. Right, and sorry, that might be a bad audio hit. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, but I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden, they're they're, they're playing catch up, and I'm going, oh, I've got this great video. They go, Whoa, we weren't working on that. So we're we're having to come up with systems and you know stuff in place to allow for that. So even with that. Yeah. Creator burnout is a huge issue. So rely, so not overdoing it. Uh, you know, making sure that you give yourself. You know, that you recognize that there are seasons to our energy, and uh, and right now is, is a difficult time. I mean, we're as we're recording this, we're in the middle of the, yeah. the middle of the very beginning of the COVID epidemic, and we're just all starting to come to terms with what it means to be uh, working from home and the social distancing and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And we're all in various stages of grief because we don't know what we don't know what the world's going to look like. We've lost opportunities. We've lost plans. We've lost holidays, conferences. We were talking before. So, so the pressure that you put on yourself to publish and the pressure that your community puts on you, once they, they're expecting to see that, um, that, that content flow coming through that they start to rely on from you, Mm. those can become wearing and those can become a burden. And, uh, I, 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 I don't know of any content creator that doesn't suffer from it. And, i I think that what the the one thing that I would say that you need to be able to do if you to mitigate it as much as possible is draw on your resources, which is your community if you right. can get them to energize you um great sometimes they're not going to be able to do it sometimes you just have to take a break
0: yeah. And it's really I, hard know, getting
1: back on the saddle when you do take a break.
0: I can imagine. You know, I yeah. have consistently come out every single week, and it's the first thing I've ever consistently done. I have to say, and I genuinely am like, and how many well episodes done. are you? In? How I'm many episodes? One hundred and fourteen. Yeah, See, so that's like, a lot. You know, and I honestly high five myself like, well done, you. You're amazing. <laughs> you should, because it is hard and that consistency, but it's the thought of letting someone down that for me is the thing. And maybe I'm bigging myself up way too much. <laughs> but the thought of like someone going, hang on a minute, where is it? You know, yeah you know, when I make a promise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and, but I can also hear you also said earlier you asked your editor. There's also the odd time you go, did I mail it in today? Did I yeah. did I <laughs> did I really did I do everything I could for it. And you but you can't find it in yourself to do more on it. So you've no. done it and you're saying, oh man, I hope I'm good. I hope that I've developed enough chops that even though I'm not 100% into this particular message, <laughs> that it's going to come and nobody's going to notice that I completely mailed it in.
0: Do you know what? You're right. There's been a couple of episodes, and they've they've way gone now. So, and no one said anything. So, I'm hoping they're fine. But there's a couple that I've gone. Do you know what? I just didn't have the energy to do anything else. I just had to do it, and it was done. And sometimes I am right on the wire. Like sometimes I am getting to edit it on the Thursday, and it's going live on the Monday, and I've got someone writing the show notes. And other times I'm weeks ahead, but. It's just it, like you said, it's seasons. And I think we we can't be tough on ourselves about that. We've got to yeah. go. Do you know what? I keep it going. And that's the main thing. So yeah. let's talk about because obviously we have talked about the fact of where we are in the world right now. And I was saying to you before we got on that what's I found really interesting about this is we've got suddenly there's a big percentage of businesses that are going oh God, we should have been doing that. We should have been doing that content creation or we should have been doing that social media. We should be going live or done those videos or whatever it was. And they're getting into it now or they're finding the time because that's the other thing I was just told the example of um, a friend of mine who runs an art gallery and I've been telling him for ages you got to do these videos you're really passionate you're great you're you know you're a, uh, you're so passionate about what you do that that across on camera would be brilliant and he hadn't done it like literally didn't do it for years I've told him and that literally a week after all this started to hit I suddenly see this video and I messaged him I was like so it took a pandemic but well done like you did the video yeah. So, but now it's like, isn't well? It's always important to do content creation, but I think personally now it's really important.
1: Yeah, and that now here. So here's what we're gonna see is we're gonna see a bunch of people creating content that shouldn't be and creating content into the wrong channels. So when we say video, it's too big a catchment area to to just kind of throw out there creating video. So and and actually that was my I, I I talked about this at Social Media Marketing World. I talked about using video to create community. And the key things that I think people need to think about as they're stepping into content creation and stepping into using video is understanding the channels, understanding the value and the type of networks that we're going to be going into. Because if, are you recording this as a video podcast as well?
0: Uh, no, this is just okay. audio. It's going to come out. Just audio. We okay. a video, well,
1: yeah. If it was a video podcast, uh, you, th- that's one form. So you've got streaming video that we have on Facebook. And we have on YouTube and we have on Instagram and we have on LinkedIn. Now we've got these video, we've got streaming, we've got webinar video, which is mm-hmm. destinations where people are registering and they're watching videos through webinars then watching those sorts of live events, very similar to live streaming, but slightly different. Yeah. And then we've got recorded video that we have on YouTube uh, or uh, that we're hosting and those in that it's mainly YouTube as far as that platform's concerned. Yeah. And every one we have to look at differently when people think of youtube uh, which is of course the 800 pound gorilla in the, the whole video space mm. they think it's a distribution platform but it's not it's a search engine yeah you have to think about your relationship with the environment how do people start their journey into a into youtube they go in and they search for something mm. so they're searching for you so you're delivering them content that they're looking for and here's the key when people watch that video They're watching with intent because they've come and they've said, I need to find out how to use zoom. Oh, there's a video from Steve Dotto. I like Steve or I, it's a nice thumbnail. He's a darn good looking gray bearded guy. (laughs) I'm going to watch that video. And so they've got this grace period at the beginning. Where they, where even if they don't know you, they're going to be watching because they want to learn what it is. Yourself. So if you've been honest with them in your thumbnail, if you've been honest in your title, if you've been honest in your description, if you've told YouTube exactly what it is, YouTube served you up to them, then they're going to find it. And that's a chance for you to build a relationship. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It's absolutely amazing because it's such a clean and pure relationship. It almost makes me tear up compared to like search engine that we have with Google. Yeah. But now let's go to Facebook. But you're on Facebook. You don't want to learn how to use Zoom. You're watching, yeah. you're scrolling through your Facebook news feed because you want to see dancing cats or you yeah. want to see some news from your friends or you want to see pithy little memes about something, right? Yeah. You're not You're not interested in learning. So if I put a video, the same video that has tremendous value to you on YouTube, if I post that same video on Facebook, it's interruptional. Mm. It's getting in the flow of it. It's like, what, what are you doing? I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah, yeah. Why are you sharing that? You, you're a jerk. I, and so it's actually a negative. Even though in yeah. Facebook, will scroll it past them because the algorithm says maybe it might be something they might be interested in, but it has no, no, no way of knowing. So recognizing where, what the video you're creating for which platform you're creating it for is ever so important. And it's the key. As far as I'm concerned, it's the key. Because I think that we, do ourselves, we can do ourselves more harm than good by yeah. creating video, the wrong type of video for the right platform. So if you're creating, this just a little cat video that you're going to post on YouTube. Well, it might be, it might do okay on YouTube, but really that deserves to be in TikTok or in Facebook mm-hmm. or someplace where people are just scrolling through. And it's little, it's just little sound bites, right? Yeah. That sort of stuff. It's just little, it's, it's, it's distractions. But if you're creating valuable content, then you've got to think about now, you know, YouTube obviously is a place that you'd be putting it, but that doesn't serve the live streaming Needs that we have. So then if you're going to be creating content that you're going to be putting on Facebook and you're going to be going into the live streaming space, then you have to create some sort of intent for them to come view it. So you have to make it destination viewing. How do you do that? You do that by promoting the video in advance and social by scheduling it as opposed to just popping up live by having, you you know, private groups or, um, Mm. or, or, or pages that have a community of like interests that you nurture and you develop. So you've got to do a lot of hard work in the background. Video is not just putting, I mean, they've almost done us a disservice by how easy they've made it for us to just go live and record because people do just go live and record and it's crap and it's stuff that nobody's interested in and you don't maybe even have a good reason. You're just bored, which is increasingly a problem now. I was just sitting around, i got nothing to do. So I thought I'd go live. Did you really? Yeah. Did you? So what? Why, why? You know, yeah. that's one thing. If you're, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a musician who's not on the road, and I just thought I'd go live and play you a song. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But Steve, going live just because
0: I'm bored. Kicking <sighs> around of a night, got nothing to do, so I bring my boredom onto you, and you can be bored with me. <laughs> do you know, Steve? You just really kind of. I love it when I interview people and they tell me something I go boof because when you're in this world so much there's a lot we know obviously but you've just said something that I've just thought oh my god why did not I ever think about that the fact of so I knew that you would use YouTube as a search engine but For me, I guess what I would always think of, well, you just put it everywhere, but you're right. Who is scrolling through? And I, weirdly, I don't do a lot of video. I do a lot of closed stuff. So I do, I have an academy where I'm recording stuff all the time. I do webinars. I love doing webinars, um, which I never even thought about as a video. Mm. I just thought about it as a webinar. I do Insta stories, but very kind of short to camera, just chatting about nothing generally. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just put this video out which again, like I said, was weird because I don't do them. And I recorded a video about some tips about working from home because I have worked from home for about five years and I manage very well and I've got a routine and I do certain things. and So I thought, oh, I know everybody's starting to work from home. I'll put this video out. But of course I put it out and I did exactly what you said. I shoved it in Facebook. I put it on, I put it on advertising uh, for a little bit, not a huge amount. I mean, just to give it a bit of extra sort of, you know, oomph. Uh, I put it on an IGTV, I put it somewhere else. And for what, like, because like you said, no one is just sat there going, oh, what I really need to know in my feed right now is how to work from home. Now, what was quite nice is I had people tagging other people in going, this would help, which was Mm -hmm. cool, but that's doing the same thing as YouTube is doing in terms of someone is going and searching for that thing. And the other thing I was going to say uh, in the intro, which I'll say now, is I bet there's a lot of people listening to this this podcast who, when they see your picture, they'll go, oh, of course, because I've seen lots of your videos because I've searched for something because Mm -hmm. I wanted to know how to use something. And then you've come up in the feed and I've gone, oh yeah, great. Watch the video, sorted me out. Thanks very much, Steve. I'll move on. But like you said, it's, so is that a case of, are we saying that if it's an instructional or a a real kind of content where I'm teaching you something that we really need to be considering focusing on a YouTube channel rather than, than doing it anywhere else.
1: Perhaps the people get lot one, one of the real challenges that we're navigating right now is this whole influencer concept. Mm. That's so prevalent uh, where you are an influencer in a space because what you say affects how other people do things and so we've we use these different social networks and of course there's there's lots of negative connotation now to the entire influencer label but so much of what we think of success online is when we get identified and we get that handle attached to us that steve is an influencer or Teresa's is an influencer right those are the so we kind of look at that as that moment of arrival that moment of significance but it's it's a very small percentage of people that are really what I'd call influencers It's in the entertainment space primarily it's It's people who are um so many of us are i, I look at myself far more as a craftsman and, and as, as as a tradesman rather than as a star right so so i mean in in the u k where you live you've got so many actors that are so gifted, but they aren't stars. They yeah. they do all those great dramas. They do yeah. all those great TV. And but they just they just live down the street from you. Mm-hmm. And when they're not doing that, they're working in the theater, or they were working in the theater. Nobody's working yeah. now. But nope. but they aren't. But they aren't stars that people go all goo goo gaga over. Yeah. And they yeah. security around them. Right. They do their own shopping. They do right. They're, yeah they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're tradesmen and craftsmen. That's the way I see us on YouTube. You know, I'm not, we're not stars. We're not celebrities. We're craftsmen. I teach people how to use technology and I make good yeah. videos on that. And, my, and that's my trusted. So that people trust me for that. But when we create our content, we almost everybody that's teaching you about success online talks about the star power, mm. becoming an influencer, blowing up the number of subscribers you have, you know, kind of getting into that space. But that's Casey Neistat in YouTube. We're interested in what he has to say because he says it in such an interesting way and we're engaged in his life. And people watch his videos from beginning to end because of his film, because of his storytelling and his filmmaking. Mm. I teach you how to use Google filters, right? Gmail filters. You know, you you don't don't really care. You know, it's nice when you can have a bit of a relationship with me and you find my dog funny and you find me engaging and you like learning from me, but really... The rest of it is is you aren't that interested in all of my backstory. So so consequently, when I create content, I create it for search, yeah. not for my subscribers. Yeah. I create it now, I create it for my the people who are engaged, but it's I don't know if I've explained it well, but there's a different there's a different energy and a different mentality yeah. to the craft and the trade of creating content as opposed to the star power of becoming an influencer. So most of us don't want to be, well, maybe we want to become influencers, but I think most of us can attain the craftsman level. And you can make a very good living at it. And video is a tremendous place to deliver that content.
0: Mm. So what uh, what if someone is listening to this at this point during this crisis, thinking I've got to do something and video is a very good thing to do, what should they, again, you know, thinking of my lovely friend who owns this art gallery, who now the art gallery is not open and he can go into the gallery because it's very close to where he is uh, on his own and get on video and do something. You know, what what's the kind of advice in terms of getting started and doing something and, and using that as a tool?
1: I mean, overall, if you've got, you know, if, if you can tell a good story in video and you've got a community that's going to be interested in it, it's just a great, uh, I can't, Encourage people strongly enough. You know, I hear about your friend, and I and immediately, you know, fireworks going off in my mind. Say, oh, what a great opportunity to dive deep into different pieces of art, and for him to walk yeah. in just with a camera and just videotape, and then or not videotape, just record and then and narrate. You know, when when I look at the overall picture, here's this, and this is what we see. And yeah. you know, when you look at his other pitch, painting that he did over here, just kind of taking us through and giving us a gallery experience that we don't get. Yeah. So 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 projecting presence to people who can't. Can't get out there and keeping people engaged, that sort that side of our mind engaged. Now I'm I'm sure that to do that kind of work would attract people into his gallery when it's open, Mm. but now it's probably more important than ever to replace. So what might have been it might have been too much energy to create that in the past when he had to actually worry about opening the doors and cleaning the windows and all of those sorts of things. But so there, maybe this is a, something that can be a bit of a replacement. If he can, you know, if, if he was doing that, if the artists are still alive, can he get on a FaceTime call with them? Yeah. Can he record it like a Zoom call and Brilliant. talk to them and ask them, interview them about the art, and then you know, and create a nice a nice video piece that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and and he could build a following. But he's but that's just the beginning. That's yeah. what somebody thinks is potential until he engages with his audience and starts hearing back from the community. And they tell him that's what he want, they want to see. And they, they will tell him how to make it successful if he listens. Yeah. So that, you know, I, I mean, I know I've gone back to the thing that I said right at the beginning. But if you aren't engaged in the conversation, um, you're not, I, I, I don't, I, you might be able to be really successful. But yeah. I don't, I, I think if you're not engaged in the conversation, you might be really successful with an influencer. They might be able to get to that yeah. point. But you're not going to become the craftsman that I think most of us want to be.
0: And, and ultimately, when I think about him and why I said he should go on video is because it's his passion. Because when I go into the art gallery and I go, oh, that's nice, Johnny. And I'm literally saying it from a, that just looks nice because I know nothing about art. And he goes, oh, but you know what, right? The artist that did this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no. And that's yeah. what I wanted him to get across. I wanted him to, and it's not that he wants to be an influencer. It's not that he wants to just sell more of what he does. Because he has insight.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the exact same uh, appeal that you, you experienced there is what you experienced 10 minutes ago in our, in our conversation when I first presented the idea of intentional versus interruptive video to you. And you went, because yeah. oh, it's insight.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I'm deep in the weeds in it. And so I've thought a lot about it. And then you, you benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. And we all benefit. from So, so you have to find that passion. You know, and in, in, in sometimes it's tough, but yeah. it's there. You know, I, I, I've talked to people about payment systems and they get super excited about talking about <laughs> online payments because they're down in the weeds. They know what's going on. Yeah, And it, it doesn't have to be something, as, you know, uh, super artistic or super edifying from, from you know, that that other perspective. There's a lot of really practical business applications that you know better than anybody
0: else yeah. that you can give people insight into. So can I ask you a question? Do you think one of the reasons that people struggle – because one of the things you've said, and, and I totally agree, is that you need to listen to what your community wants. You need to listen to what they are asking and what they are interested in. And But often when people first start doing this stuff, no one's paying attention because they're, they're not. They don't know you exist at this point or they don't know that it's a thing. So do you think the reason uh, some people don't continue with the consistency of creating that content is because they do a couple, no one says anything and they go, oh, no one wants it. See you later. And then they just drop it and forget about it.
1: Yeah. That's the toughest thing. I mean, you you've got to get through that startup, that startup curve. It happened in your podcast. You, you know, mm-hmm. your podcast for the first 10, 20 episodes, nobody cared. Yeah,
0: Nope.
1: Yeah. And it might be your first 50 episodes.
0: Yeah. You know, and in fact,
1: it takes a long time.
0: It was Hopefully it's not your like- first
1: 114.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Do you know, it was nine months, right? Suddenly. And don't get me well, wrong. There you you got goes. the message.
1: Yeah, you're a better person to ask. I had <laughs> success right away because I was—I
0: was going to was, gonna I was on TV. Yeah, yeah. So you went straight into it. I went straight, but
1: I also didn't care at the beginning. I just yeah. made videos for me because I was because what I was doing was I was just playing. Uh, I because I done, I done TV and I didn't really take YouTube all that seriously to be honest. Mm. I kind of ah, it's kind of you know. So I didn't invest much of my ego or anything else, and I just wanted to figure out screencasting and figure out how I you know I just want I was just playing in the space. Mm. So I didn't have, but so when I had success, I kind of went, oh, as opposed to like, I, I literally didn't look at my subscribers for maybe a year. I didn't look at how many videos were being watched for a year. I looked at comments increasingly. Once I read Marcus's book, I started to look at comments. Yeah. But so I, I came from a different perspective, but you've been through it. You're mm-hmm. probably a better person to talk about what the, what the, what a nascent product you know, building an audience is all about, because mm. you did it a very difficult space, mm. although I think an awesome space. I'm absolutely enamored by podcasting. I, I, we've started our own podcast and I'm just in love with the whole, I'm just, yeah. all my energy is going into it right now. But you've done something very, very difficult. You've grown it into a successful product. And so the lessons that you could share are probably more valuable than what I can deliver on this.
0: I think as well, the interesting thing is uh, when I started, I, and we've talked about we were, we were both meant to be speaking at Atomicon. and well, we are still speaking at Atomicon, but not in person. Um, that Andrew and Pete had their podcast and they did like crazy fun things. And I remember them saying to me, oh, we just didn't want to be another boring marketing podcast. And I was yeah. like, oh God, is that, that's what I'm going to be? Or that's what mine was? Or so actually the fear initially even starting was bad enough. And then for, for nine months, well, I said to my assistant, she's like, how long are we going to do this until you decide whether it's a, a goer or not? And I said 12 months. And she was like, are you for real? She said, I thought you were going to say like three. I went, no, 12 months. I want to see it for 12 months. Why did you
1: pick that number?
0: Do you know what? I don't even quite know why. I just thought, because I harp on about consistency, consistency, consistency. And I just thought, I can't not show up. I can't not do this properly. And I said, right at the beginning, I'm going to put it in for 12 months. And if, and if it doesn't work, I'll stop. But I'm, you know, if it works, I'm going to carry on. But literally month nine. So I was tracking along and I was getting increases all the time. And I was getting, you know maybe a hundred odds downloads of an episode and I was like you know that's nice that's cool you know hundred people listening that's ace and then suddenly month nine was like a hockey stick I'm not kidding you shot up into like and my husband and my colleagues were like what did you do I was like I don't know I didn't do anything like it wasn't a guest it wasn't a anything and previous to that I'd had some amazing guests but it just suddenly took off and consistency that same thing I can say
1: what you did was nine months.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what you did. What I did was nine months. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you did the hard work and you stayed the course and you kept the faith.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, I don't know. I don't, a lot of people wouldn't say that wouldn't be able to stay on it. Right. And so, especially if they're looking at other people's numbers all the time, you know, that's a problem on YouTube. A lot of people compare, it's so easy to compare your metrics and so I always tell people, know, it's a little pithy, but I always say, we all have the exact same size audience. It's a community and it's one. It's our community.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, it doesn't matter whether you've got 100,000 or 50,000 or 5,000 or 500. It's your community. And they're your people, they're your tribe or whatever you want to call it. And they yeah. turn to you and they, they'll grow with their shrink, but that's yours. And nobody can take it away from you if you keep honoring them.
0: And like you said, the worst thing is, and one thing that is quite good about podcasts is there's people can talk about their numbers, but there isn't really a, it's not like they're public like they are with YouTube, No, but, but it's, you know, it's, it's a different kind of medium, isn't it? I want people to, and this is, I guess, why I knew it'd have to take so long. I want people to get used to me being the person they listen to. I want people to to think, you know, Monday morning when the podcast comes out, I get to listen to Teresa and, and she whittles yeah, on it. It's a, a relationship, waiting. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Do you know, what, one thing that's really funny and that you obviously must have jumped on is the fact that now everybody's going to want to do the online stuff and... I was just looking at your account, and you've got a video that came out a week ago about Zoom basics that already oh. has got 149,000 views.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. That, yeah, that video that video's done really well for us. <laughs> it was time. Well, my wife's a teacher, and okay. uh, and uh, she said, "I think we're going to be able to use Zoom." I think we when we were the the, the our, our lockdown here in Canada, in Vancouver, where I live, started just as spring break started. Which is, I think, really fortunate in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because uh, it was easier for us to establish physical distancing, the social distancing right away. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Shan said to me, she says, uh, you know, I, I think when we're coming back, we haven't heard yet. Uh, but I'm going to be having to reach out to my students by Zoom, by some sort of video conference. I said, she said, can you show me how to use Zoom? I said, well, let's just do a video. And, you know, because if you're in this boat, all the other teachers are going to be in this boat. And so yeah. we actually did it and that's where it's taken off it, in the educational community. And it's just, it's, it's, it's done really well for us. So we're actually in the middle of we're doubling down and we're leaning into it. And so I've released a, another video today and tomorrow I'm releasing another video on using zoom. Um, yeah. and it's caused me to, I I'm concerned because it's not my, for my own personal business, my focus isn't necessarily on the how to stuff as much. I continue to do it, but my real yeah. focus is on something that I call the gray zone or, 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 or teaching baby boomers about online marketing is I'm very concerned about my generation, which I don't know if we'll have time to talk about, but that's what my podcast is about. So I've been okay. doing all of my imagination work. Like all of my energy has gone into that and I've been in a maintenance mode with my how to video channel. Right. But this opportunity all of a sudden is like, Oh, we got to, we really got to double down. Yeah. So we're making videos at a much higher rate than normal and uh, all to support because the teachers have kind of said you're, this is helping us a lot. Can mm. you do more? And literally in the comments are saying, can you show me how to do this? Can you show me how to do that? Yeah. So I'm like, yep, we're doing that. So we're, so we're, we're doubling down and we're leaning into that, but it all became, it It was just, it was just, it wasn't me thinking, uh, oh, I'm going to build a video that's going to serve and make yeah. me a lot of money. It was just, it's, needed. Um, you know, somebody in my community needs this and I'm going to deliver it. And it turns out that a lot of people in the
0: community need it. Yeah. But also what you just said about, um, you know, people of a certain age trying to learn this, one thing I've noticed is suddenly people are coming to me going, oh no, I need to learn it really quick. I need to know, hey, what, what is Facebook and how do I use it? And I think sometimes when we're in this space, and this is what hopefully you're going to do and, and be able to do really well, is because you can explain things, because sometimes I think when you're in any world, you skip over stuff and just don't even think about it, because it's like, well, this is, you, you know that, surely you know that. And it's like, they don't, you know, people don't yeah. know these things, do they? So doing no. it in a way that you can literally take it right back to basics and explain, this is what this is. This is how you use it. This is what you do in a way as well. That isn't, isn't patronizing. Isn't that's
1: <sighs> that came from my television background is when we did the TV show, the, there was a lot of, te- there was a lot of different shows that I guess taught technology and what we, the comment that I was meant the most to me from people was you Teach me how to do things, but you don't make me feel stupid. You yeah. don't talk down to me. And so I explain things without being condescending. Mm. Uh, although I just sounded very condescending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you small people out there,
0: I can help yes. you. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. But, that's, but, that's, but I was really lucky because the, the whole 20, 15 or so years that we did the TV show is I had a producer and director who, whenever I presented anything, would give me instant feedback. And so my muscle memory, so my instincts to how to deliver this type of content were really honed, uh, and and I went, uh, like, I was trained uh, Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, So somebody's just starting to do their first videos. They don't have those instincts. You know, they they haven't haven't sat down in front. They haven't sat in a studio every day, well, you know, for 15 years with somebody saying, this is good, this is bad, do it again, do it this way, right? And, And I had all of that. So those muscle memories, you know, those kind of those those instincts are now a part of me.
0: Yeah, I love it. So Steve, just to finish off, because I'm conscious of your time, you've been very generous. Um, if someone started thinking, I need to get started, and they go and find you, and they look at your stuff and think, oh my God, I can't do that. What's your one bit of advice to just get them to get off their bottom and do it? You can.
1: Don't, don't give me that crap. <laughs> you know, it drives me crazy. You know, self-talk is so, I, you know, our limiting beliefs are the thing that just, are increasingly driving me crazy and i'm I'm getting less and less patience with it as i get (laughs) older and older and you know i I did actually i I, if i could mention i did my podcast is called gray matters with steve dotto and and it's designed for baby boomers and gen xers who are increasingly being pushed out of the marketplace out of the workplace and teaching them to do what we do to build an online presence because they don't they don't know you know they think that this space belongs to millennials. And they don't think that we have a place in it. So that's my passion project. Perfect. But a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast on um, our, our, our relationship with failure and the whole idea of failing forward. And I'm I, you might know this really well. I was really late to the party. I never read the book when it first came out. And so I'm just fairly new to the concept of embracing failure. And for most baby boomers and most Gen Xers, failure is the worst thing on the planet. It's yeah. like we used to get physically hit when I was in school. The nuns would literally smack me when I did something wrong, when I failed. So I have this aversion to failure. But I see so many people now embrace failure. They say, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to do it. And if when it doesn't work, I'm going to learn from that lesson and I'm going to move on. Yeah. And it's such a healthy attitude. Take that attitude. You're not failing when you produce a video and it doesn't work and it flops. You've learned from it. And the best thing is that when you start doing really good video, you'll say you should look at my old videos. I'm embarrassed and I cringe to look at them, but you love looking at them because you see how far you've come. Yeah. Yeah. So you just just do it. You know, it's Could, it is that's yeah, all I can I say
0: about it. I couldn't agree more. It's like my saying is what's the worst that can happen? Like, no one yeah. is going to die because you did a terrible video. How but- bad
1: is you? You drop in at the end of this. Do, a, do us all a favor. Grab your introduction from your very first podcast. <laughs> and Play it just so people can hear how far you've come. That's and such it- a great idea. Yeah, and, and and but and if you if you if if that was where you, you know if 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 you judged yourself on that, you never would have been here today. We never would have had this opportunity to share. Of course not. So on, just take on. that.
0: Thank you, Steve. That is wonderful. I've loved having you on the podcast. I will link up to everything in the show notes and to your new podcast. And thank yeah. you so much for being a guest.
1: Oh, uh, it's been my pleasure.
0: So during that interview, Steve set me a challenge. Did you catch it? So Steve challenged me to play you some of my very first episodes of the podcast just so that you can see the difference. So I've been brave and I've gone back and got a clip and I'm going to play it here just so that you know that when we start we are obviously the worst we're going to be and we're only going to get better from then on. So please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me for what is just my second episode on my podcast. And today I'm really excited to share with you some new techniques and tips that I've been learning through a course that I've just completed with Leadpages. I am now certified as a conversion marketing expert with Leadpages. So I wanted to share some of their thoughts and some of the things I learned with you today. Before I get started, though, I want to ask you a question. So, can I tell you what I think is my favourite bit of that clip? Where you could hear me click to stop and start the recording. So professional. And also how echoey my mic sounds. Obviously, my equipment's got better over time. But also how stiff I sound. I don't sound very relaxed. I don't feel like I'm having a conversation. It's very much like teacher at the front of the class. So, anyway, I just wanted to play that. Bit of fun. Just so you know that if you are thinking of starting some content we don't and can't start off perfect. So the best thing you can do is just get on and try it and start it and then improve as you go along. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. I will see you next week for a solo episode. Until then, keep very safe and well and have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.